Welcome to Decades From Home, a podcast about Germany. I'm Sick Houghton of 40%German.com. As always, I'm joined by my annoyingly healthy co-hosts, <laughs> the belligerent <laughs> Dilly Algamer and our stalwart producer, Simon Josie, to discuss the weird and wonderful side of living in Germany and possibly witness my death on air. How are you doing, both of you? Hi, Nick. I'm just... I'm I'm just gonna quickly take some time to knock on wood. I hope my health lasts. I know I, I I'm pretty sure that mics won't transmit any of what I've got, so you should both be okay. But um yeah, I'm sick again. I'm not sure if you can hear it. My uh I've got a really good radio voice now. I sound like I've smoked 40 a day for the last 25 years. <clears throat> so yeah, it's a bit harsh. <laughs> I blame the kindergartens again. <laughs> have you have you been uh, to the doctor who prescribed you everything homeopathy? Uh, I just got lots of recommendations for tea. Mm -hmm. And then I was just like, can I just have some ibuprofen? Mm -hmm. And we had a sort of cyclical discussion around that. Mm -hmm. But um, it doesn't really matter. We've got ibuprofen in the house. We stocked up on it. So I've had, I haven't actually had any of that. I haven't felt the need. I've had um, paracetamol, had some zinc tablets. Apparently that's really good for your immune system. Drank some orange juice. Um, Fruit! I, to be honest, I've got no appetite and no sense of taste. I thought it was COVID at first, but, mm. but let's not dwell on my sickness. Oh no, of course not. We haven't been doing that since we started. Oh no, of course not. First, first question, Dilly. How do you, how do you like your new moniker? Belligerent Dilly Algama. We think that that works for you, right? You were complaining last week about this, that you don't have your own kind of cool introduction. You said you're sick at the beginning and you, you know, mm. made a, uh, how do I put it nicely, made a meal out of it. So <laughs> I did indeed. <laughs> and I will do for the rest of the show. I know, I know, we know you. And I thought, you know, I let the belligerent go this time because I feel sorry for the poor lad, but you know, maybe not. I, you could come up with something better for me, Nick, like something that shows the uh, appreciation of, and love for this commitment and, and, you know, all of that. I mean, Dilly, you, uh, you opened the doors to this by complaining that you didn't have your own personal stylized introduction. So we'll try a new word next week and we'll see if that matches your personality. Uh, if belligerent isn't it, we'll try and come up with something that's a bit more friendly focused shall we say mm -hmm. maybe this is karma what you're going through maybe this is <laughs> maybe this is karma get get your spiritual shit off this podcast i don't believe any of this <laughs> <laughs> this is this is because i spend too much time in the this is honestly what it is is it's a kindergarten virus that's been filtered through three people and then it's got to me and it's gone through their immune systems and now it's like a bloody ninja Mm -hmm. and it just attacks me I'm, I'm effectively where i'm at is when my daughter coughs in my face i count five days and then i'm sick and that's exactly what happened so um but as uh, simon said before we started the record you're here to cheer me up so cheer me up i tell you <laughs> this is this might be a good time to start on the citrus fruit because it's winter and the oh, i'm not eating oranges i'm not eating oranges. mandarins mandarins no. mandarins are nice the weird skin is weird and I don't want to eat it. The weirdly dry for a fruit that's so juicy, it's weirdly dry. Don't not a fan. You, you're not gonna sell me on this. 
yeah, all of them. Weird orange fruit. Um, not having any of it. Multivitamin <laughs> soft, that's where I'm at. Um, but anyway, to kick things off, something that did cheer me up imme- immeasurably mm-hmm. was the announcement about the uh, the draw for Euro 2024. And I had eyes on on that. Yeah, no, you don't, you don't care. But... Uh, this this has this has a serious impact on my life, given the fact that we live. I live in a city that's only what forty five minutes away from Munich on a good day if Deutsche Bahn's playing ball. And my fear was Germany would draw England potentially, and then I'd have to deal with English football fans causing fucking bother. But luckily, luckily for us, Germany drew Scotland, and we'll play Germany. Uh, we'll play Scotland in their first game of Euro 2024. And honestly, that is like winning the lottery against Scotland. And not because it's a particularly easy game, but the Scotland fans are lovely. They're so lovely. They're so good. And I'm really pleased that Munich's going to get to experience the joy of being slightly taken over by Scottish people. Scotland would uh, would have to fancy its chances at the moment too, wouldn't they? I mean, they're playing well. They're a tough, tough little team. They haven't got... They haven't got the stellar, stellar superstar names that other teams have, but they've got an excellent manager in Steve Clark. They've got some really good players. And um, they've just got a lot of team spirit and they've got a fantastic national anthem. So I can't see it <laughs> being a problem for Scotland personally. If they, Even if they lose, they win. It's one of those. So, um, yeah. And I think there's been a new raft of tickets gone, been made available for for the ticket lottery. So I'm going to have to apply for that again, see if I can get some tickets. So watch this space, Dilly. We might get you to a football game so far some point. I'd be uncross my fingers. <laughs> Unpress my thumbs. Start breaking mirrors. <laughs> walking under ladders. Look for the black uh, cats. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're all options. Mm-hmm. Um so while I was enjoying the fact that the Scottish will be soon coming to the south of Germany, Delhi, you were you were tracking some some weird social media activity to do with Christmas jumpers. Is that right? You know, ever since you brought up Marco Söder on one of my early podcasts, the man has not left my life. And there he was this weekend, starting off uh, the first um, Advent uh, Sunday. So he was, you know, he it was a short video. He was he did you see it by the way? First of all, oh, I, I saw I saw the video. Yeah, it's the first advent video. Oh, yeah. oh, he needs a choreographer and someone to take away his recording devices. He was in a awful jumper. I want to say jumper because I think it's American English and it's going to tick off Nick. Does it tick you off, Nick? I think it's British English. I'd call it a jumper. You'd call it a jumper. Sweater. You, you sweater, wouldn't call jumper. it a sweater. Nah, call it oh, a jumper. Damn it, my joke falls flat. Fine. And I'm, I don't, I don't have a hang up about American, American English. So you're, you're barking up the wrong tree there, Dilly. Sweater, sweater. Fine. By he me. was in a, in one of those reindeer sweaters, 
and then he lights this candle with a you know the man can't smile he can only smirk and uh, you know with a smirk he lights a candle then he walks across the floor to a chair and doing that he passes a christmas tree laden with gifts one of them is glue wine and he sits down and starts drinking glue wine if you're lighting your candle then you're doing it early in the morning when you wake up i assume and this is also when he's drinking his first glue wine and knowing him it's everything is alcohol but i missed his thing for meat and i wished so much that he'd like nibble on a leg of ham or something but he didn't maybe maybe next sunday you know i know i was kind of surprised he didn't say like i hate veganism yeah ladies and gentlemen i hate gendering I think I've mentioned this theory on the podcast before about the theory of the, the, the speed of culture and how like Germany seems to be like at the at the low end of the spectrum when it comes to <laughs> how quickly like the cultural zeitgeist or the like English speaking world zeitgeist gets to Germany yeah. and like a Christmas jumpers were like a massive thing in 2018 mm. and now like apparently they're uh, they're something that the politicians in Germany have finally understood might used to be kind of funny um so he's wearing like a particularly ugly christmas jumper with mm. a reindeer i think it's rudolph on the front mm -hmm. um i mean does anything ever feature anything but rudolph he's the most famous reindeer isn't he so yeah it's a good bit of marketing that uh that they've, they've pulled off there just creating a random <laughs> a random uh reindeer to be the face of uh Santa's sleigh team. Um, I was going to thinking though when I watched that video, mm -hmm. like politicians are just like politicians should pretend to be like normal people. Yeah. Like I think, like I've yet to meet a politician who does not look exceedingly awkward doing mm -hmm. any kind of PR or yeah. doing any kind of like meet and greet. If you see politicians on the campaign, and that's regardless of whether it's Germany or anywhere else, they just seem incredibly awkward when they meet like normal people mm. and they try and do normal things. And this was one yeah. of those vibes that I got from this video was like, it's a relatively normal thing yeah. that Sird is doing. And yet he makes it look really cringy and weird. And awkward. I mean, yes, just the totally. fact that he's doing it makes it awkward. I mean, he could pour water into a glass and it would look awkward to me. And the nice thing about it is that... Uh, the German Mimi culture is catching up with the Sri Lankan Mimi culture. If it is Mimi in the first place, I think it yeah, is. Me, 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 me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and some, you know, the, the thing where a little girl is, you know, with the evil smile in front of the house that's burning, like she set fire to it. So now <laughs> it's the same house that's on fire, but with Marcus lighting, like uh, lighting his match. And I thought, ah, okay. Germany yeah. has, you know, come come far in the Mimi culture thing. Good for you. Do you know when the, the there was the rise of like structured reality television? Germany loved structured reality television. And it was basically where you have reality TV, but you mm. give people who've never acted in their life a script and they have to like have an argument or something. There's something called Berlin Tag and Actors like that, where they just get random people mm. stick a bit weird and a bit sort of overperformative and then they get them to to kind of have fake arguments and it just mm -hmm. feels really cringy and weird that's the vibe i get from these kinds of videos where it's like like there's nothing personal about it. it's all really stagey there's no like oh it's, like oh i remember i remember lighting these candles when i was like a little lad or something there's no kind of appeal to a personal history it's yeah. just like oh 
I'm lighting a candle for Advent because that's what we do in Bavaria. It's Advent. And so I literally light the candle. And, you know, there are no old people's photographs, no horrible old frames with his grandparents, like even like fake grandparents, you know, nothing, nothing homely about it. It's because it's filmed in his office. It's got it's a load of throws over his over over his office, and that's what they've, they've obviously done. That. That's what I done. thought this was a studio because in the background is this massive photograph yeah. picture of like Christmas trees and snow or something, mm. or something, and it felt like very stagey. I thought it was a studio. Nah, I think it's basically in his office. Oh, um, okay, it just looks really, yeah. It just it, I, I kind of watched it and I was like, why? Why? why why have you done this like it doesn't need to be done there's no personal message here there's mm. nothing kind of there's there's nothing really of any particular use i, I just didn't get it i just didn't get it at all I didn't it all get felt it. a little bit ridiculous and and there's nothing about family like like you know and his wife is not holding holding the matchbox or anything he's just him alone with a with a smirk on his face and it's like it's not. It's clearly not his jumper. It's clearly you don't like. Think so. Why? No, I just none of it. None of it looks like. It looks like they've just grabbed a chair that looks kind of fancy from Cozy. maybe from the kind of communal area in the office, and then <laughs> like one of his interns has given him this Christmas jumper, and it just I, mm. I didn't see the the point in it. It just seemed a little bit like well, either he's doing it because there's no such thing as bad publicity, but mm. I just I was just. Again, just reminded me that politicians are really weird and I'm be terrible are. to be stuck in a lift with one. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, imagine, imagine. Speaking of being stuck in places with people you don't want to spend time with, mm. it snowed really heavily in Bavaria and everyone got stuck <laughs> at work, on trains and cars, with families potentially. It was, it was a very weird situation for me because it's it's it is always a bit weird where there's there's a news story that becomes like a national especially weather news stories don't really uh, in bavaria don't really capture um the imagination of the news but snow mm. seems to have that impact and so seeing like yeah large portions of bavaria become inaccessible because of the levels of snow um was it was kind of interesting to see it happen as i was literally living through it so I think it started snowing around about, I think it snowed a bit on Thursday, then just started snowing on Thursday and didn't stop until sort of Sunday morning, maybe. Wow. And I think, I mean, my guesstimate was about maybe two and a half to three feet of snow, maybe. What? I feel like that's where we're at. I mean, maybe a, a two and a half is probably more accurate. It felt like when I was clearing parts of the path, it was, it was just above my knee. And I'm six foot two. So just you get above your knee? That's just above my knee. Like and there's bits, there's areas I could have walked where it could have easily got higher than that. And it was pretty it's it's really, really the heaviest snow I think I've ever seen since I moved here. I can't remember a time where it was that bad. Maybe once once early doors in the early twenty tens. But it was it was it was pretty bad. But like, it felt like a lot of the news just focused on Bavaria. So I was wondering what was, I mean, have you, have you guys had snow? Has it been as bad where you've been? So last week I was sick and that's when it started snowing. And I was at home, extremely pleased at my fate of being sick when it was snowing so bad because it was just freezing outside. 
and as a teacher i get up fucking early in the morning and you don't want to do that when it's dark and snowy anyway i was back at work this week and i'm extremely grateful to my jack wolfskin jacket i hate to sound like I'm looking for a handout from them. No, nah, you're such a you're such a middle class German, aren't you, Dilly? <laughs> it's so thin that someone like a friend from German, uh, Sri Lanka was once over with me, and she was like, "Oh, how would you wear this? It's so thin. Shouldn't you get a better jacket?" And I'm like, "Yeah, this is the brand that makes stuff for the Arctic and stuff, so I think I'm fine." <laughs> and oh god, oh god, he's like walking around in a little blankie. I love that. But Jesus Christ! Today I went to work in the morning, and I was—I mean, I just skidded my way uh, to the train station, and then skidded uh, or skid some more into the train. I mean, it's—it's it's life or death out there. It really, it really is. I mean, that's something that I was uh, made acutely aware of on Saturday because the obviously the rule and we've talked about this before the rule is for homeowners and renters mm. that you need to take care of the space outside of your your house um on the path and you have to clear the path mm. for pedestrians or else you're legally uh, responsible for any accidents that occur there mm -hmm. and uh i've really never had a problem with that particularly and i, I don't know whether simon Simon was out clearing his path. I'm not sure if Bond was hit quite as badly for snow um, as, as we were. Did you did you do any shoveling, Simon? Uh, on Sunday night, overnight, we had one inch of snow. So, you know, watch out. Yeah. Um, Deadly. And actually, I noticed that they had gritted the, uh, the footpaths on Sunday, which I thought was unusual because they will grit the road, but they don't usually grit the the footpaths and i thought oh are they expecting some sort of drama but really it was nothing and and then the temperature rose so it's been five degrees today and it was raining yesterday and so the snow is, is all gone what what we had yeah last summer uh, sorry last winter i did do some sweeping <laughs> because our snow's so light that i actually use a big heavy broom rather mm. than a shovel to to clear it and so i you know, 50 centimetres or 60 centimetres, I create a bit of a path in front of our house. But I, a few of the other neighbours do, but we're sort of in a in a street that is, it's kind of a public street, but it's kind of a, public, a private street. So it's a little bit unclear where responsibility or, because there's no footpath, there's, there's just road and then it comes onto everyone's grass or whatever, garden. So it is kind of an unusual situation, whereas... Around this area, I have seen people who do have a designated footpath in front of their house. I do see people out. Again, it's not really shoveling because the snow is usually not heavy enough. It's it's usually sort of sweeping the snow mm -hmm. out of the way. That's that's what I've seen before. I mean, yeah, that's uh, that's that's not a bad approach actually. If the snow is not too uh, too bad, I've used that that practice before. But it was coming down so heavy where mm -hmm. we were. It was. After about an hour, the the brush tactic was almost pointless. But yeah, I think a heavy brush can often be your best friend rather than a giant big snow shovel. Nick, I have a question since I have never had to shovel snow. Um, um, so if you've got snow uh, that comes up to above your knee 
and you shovel it off the off the road, where do you shovel it off to? Ah, well, Dilly, that's the that's the bloody question. Uh, among other questions of the the whole shoveling <laughs> practice, we had a. I mean, it's it's not the first time it snowed here. It snowed here last year, and we didn't have any problems with regards to the neighbours or mm. responsibilities. And I, I'm always pretty good at clearing the front of the house, but I'm also aware that it's practically pointless to start clearing snow unless it's um, stopped snowing or if it's snowed overnight and you want to make sure it, it doesn't freeze underneath the, 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 the newer layers. So you basically have this kind of snow top layer and just sheet ice underneath that's mm. really, really dangerous. Mm. And essentially... It turns out that we were to some of our neighbors like uh, public enemy number one because we hadn't no one has no one told us about the responsibilities for areas that around the garage mm. and i'd and i'd made the sensible assessment given the fact that it was snowing so heavily and the gritters won't come out until the, it stops snowing that no one was no one would be stupid enough to try and get in their car and drive anywhere right and given that I live in an area where I'm full of just retirees everywhere, right? Mm. And we're just, everyone in our street, bar the family next door, are retired. And I was like, well, if I'm in danger of falling over and shattering my hip in the snow, maybe I wouldn't leave the house. Oh, no, apparently, like, it was a big drama because we hadn't cleared the snow from the front of our garage and the communal areas that no one had informed us were the responsibility of everyone. And I mean, areas that aren't even next to our house suddenly we were getting shit from various sides uh, for for not clearing them but it was that typical passive aggressive bullshitty german approach there was only one neighbor really nice bloke who came and said like knocked on the window and went oh by the way you're getting pelters from people because you're not you've not helped um and i was like oh, i had no idea that we were, that was our responsibility so oh yeah it is i was like no problem get the shovel let's get to work but by then it had been finished. Mm. All it would have taken is a knock at the door to go, oh, I'm not sure if you're aware, but this is our like responsibility. But only one person did it, own it after the fact as well. So there was a whole drama involved in that. And it was mm. all this passive aggressive kind of mm. shit. That no one would say anything directly. And no one would say anything to me. They said everything. Anyone who had anything to say said it to my wife, which made us kind of annoyed because when I went out, they were all sunshine and lollipops. Mm -hmm. But apparently telling the six foot two Geordie bloke who's clearly the, the guy who's going to be doing the snow clearing wasn't something that they fancied doing. So it suggested a little bit of that bullying tendency you see mm -hmm. in a certain generation of Germans. But the actual sort of process of moving the snow, like the first thing I said to my neighbor was like, where did you put the snow? Mm -hmm. And they just went, wherever you can find a space. So it's needs must. Um, a lot of, uh, for our street, we've got a bit of a cul-de-sac, so we just piled the snow on the path, mm. uh, either side of the path, so people could walk down it. And then on the road, just you just have to sort of pile it into the, onto the side of the road and hope mm. for the best um, and try not to block anybody. That's all you can do, really. But I spent three hours, my wife spent two hours, I spent three hours on Saturday clearing the snow, oh, uh, which is probably why why I'm not, so well i mean i was i was wrapped up as best as i could mm. but when it gets to minus temperatures mm -hmm. like it's a different ball game entirely like when it's zero minus one minus two yeah it's cold but when it gets to minus 10 minus 15 
that's when things get real and mm. you realize how unsuitable your clothing is for that environment yeah absolutely um but yeah i, I mean it's it's a weird thing because you still saw people it, it's when it snows it's a good example of another aspect of germanness that is exhibited by certain people whereby the laws of physics become meaningless in the face of what what is legally acceptable so despite it being really snowy despite the roads not being cleared properly despite there being no grit on the roads the dangers of black ice all of these things there's still bell ends driving down the street at 50 kilometers an hour is oh. it, it like as if it's no with no headlights on as well and it's just like what are you doing like like this can't you see that's the potential for an accident there but it didn't seem to matter how cold has it been like if it's it's still well under zero i imagine all that snow must still be sitting around at the moment only started to melt the day because it, it it got to about i think three or four degrees okay. today and it started to melt and all day because i've been off sick today all day um i've been in the office at the, on the top floor and i've just been hearing creaking noises as the snow begins to shift on the roof and my expectation is it's going to be uh, a very a very dramatic avalanche of snow from the roof in the next coming coming days but yeah it's it's it got to i think i left the house on on monday to go to work at 7 a.m and it was roughly sort of minus 13 minus 14 and it's just it's just so cold like it just goes through you like every like the, the big mistake i've made is i hadn't bought any thermals Mm. and that's really like and this is so typically me and so typically british in that when i first the first time i came here in winter i remember i turned up i had a few hoodies a couple of coats because britain's got the gulf stream right it gets cold but it never gets that cold mm. i'd never really experienced anything below minus sort of four mm. and um i remember getting off the plane stepping out the airport and just being like incapacitated by how cold it was and despite that early lesson way back in like 2009, I haven't paid attention. And it's been quite mild ever since. We've had some snow, but it's never been so bad. And then I have never bought thermals. And I went out on Monday and it was so cold. It like went through us. I didn't, I was already a bit sick and I was shivering and it just, it was dilapidating. It was like, I just couldn't function. But the worst part is, you realize how many people don't really care about clearing the path mm. or can't. And that's another aspect, I think, of Bavarian culture where I live, where you've got these quite well-off Bavarians who live in big houses and drive and have two cars in the driveway, two Mercedes in the driveway, but they'll be fucked if they're paying for someone to come and clear the snow for them. So they just do it themselves, but they, they can't do it because they're either too old or too incapable or just don't know how to do it properly. And so what you have is just patches of ice everywhere. And it and it's like just treacherous walking through, mm. through some bits. I spent more time walking on the road than I did on the actual paths because it was just <laughs> impossible. And it's one of them things where after I'd spent three hours on Saturday clearing our street on my own, I felt a little bit like, well, if I can bloody do it, mm. um, you can do it too. And it's, it's it, 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 I, yeah, I can't, I can't sort of understate how, how horrendous it was um uh not so much in, on saturday and sunday it was, it was beautiful but certainly on monday it was just horrific if i could add a small anecdote to that on my own so i have to go over this bridge uh, when i go to work i mean when i go to the train station 
I've been, yeah, the dangerous uh, one. You've talked. About, I think you've talked about the dangerous bridge. Uh, have I spoken bridge. about a dangerous bridge? <laughs> I think you mentioned bridge. it, yeah. It's yeah. a dangerous bridge. So um, it's a sort of bridge where if you leave um, at around 7, um, the, at around 9, I think they begin like uh, salting the bridge and adding like these grits. Is it grits like pebbles for friction? And they clear grit. up. We just say grit because grits is, I think, the American breakfast um, option. Grits. It's like porridge. Ah, okay. <laughs> so we just say grit. You put grit out, but you go and order grits, grits. when you're down in, I, I don't know, so, Texas or something. Do you say Lego or Legos? Good question. Do me. Lego. Yeah, well, I mean, it's kind of like grits and grits, Lego and Legos. I I, I don't yeah. like, I find Legos really disconcerting. It just uh, hurts my ears. I say Lego. Yeah, as, as a like plural, right? I like playing with One piece of Lego, two pieces of Lego, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, sorry for yeah. derailing you on the railway bridge there. Oh, Do no, it. how will I ever get back? It's a, a pl pl <laughs> pluralized nouns, it's very important. <laughs> so there is this very dangerous bridge, and if you leave home at around 7, it, they start uh, putting out the grid at around 9 a.m., and I think that's when, the, that's when the important people come out to work there. And um, today, it was so fucking slippery, and mm. I looked behind me and the woman behind me was slipping just as bad. So what I did was, and what did help was, you know, they somehow cleared the snow the day before and there were like two long piles along the two sides. But if you mm. walk on the snow, then uh -huh. it has some friction and you're not yeah. like uh, doing ballet or something impromptu. Yeah. That's totally the right way to do it. Thank I think you. I feel very clever having it. found that out. Oh no, it's definitely the right approach. How many years have you lived in Germany, Dilly? 12 going on 13. Okay. I used to cycle in winter. I lived in Gießen before. I, I cycle in winter. I don't have much experience actually walking in the snow. <laughs> Cycling is cool. Did you know, by the way, mm. so uh, my boyfriend comes from the great nation of uh, cyclists, That's that, which is the Netherlands. And... Um, I was like, oh, it's such a shame that the brakes jam during winter. I would really like to like, you know, cycle in minus degree weather. And he was like, yeah, you can. You just have to use that spray. I'm like, what spray? Yeah, you have a spray and uh, it defrosts the brakes and then you cycle. I'm like, is it like a once every winter thing or is it like a spray you carry on yourself and you spray just before you get on the bike? You spray just before you get on the bike. I did not know this. Did, it, did anyone else know this? Well, antifreeze. But antifreeze is for the car, but there is antifreeze for the bike. I think antifreeze works on anything that is frozen. Not to sound like superior and knowledgeable, but my oh, no, assumption was not. that sounded pretty that, superior that, and knowledgeable. Uh, yeah, to me yeah, sorry, saying. sorry, I did sound a little bit like no, that wasn't not my intention. I think it's getting better I'm, now. I'm trying. I'm trying to fix my tone. It's sorry when I'm sick. I sound like a, a more. Of an oh no, 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 no! You don't get to use sickness as an excuse. You're like this oh, all I'm the time. Sick, Dilly. I'm sick. <laughs> Be nice to me. <laughs> Ignore my transgressions. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the. It's like um, part of the. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> the Lord's um, prayer. <laughs> my my yeah my my my. <laughs> my assumption was less of the religion I keep telling you we don't keep your spiritualism and your religion off the podcast you thank keep you. your spiritualism where it's not on the podcast you just said transgressions nobody says the transgressions unless they're reading it out of the bible oh sorry I who even says a, that I got raised by Anglicans <laughs> give me a break um, 
Forgive me. Yeah, my no, my assumption was that un- my assumption was that the antifreeze worked on anything mm-hmm. that was that was mechanical that needed to be unfrozen. Mm-hmm. So, but like the idea of using the, the the bit that isn't freaky for me about that conversation isn't the fact that using antifreeze on on um, brakes of a bike will mm. make them work in winter. It's that anyone would think it was a good idea to cycle during the snow. Like I see, I saw people doing that. At the week uh, uh, over the weekend and on mm-hmm. Monday, and I'm like, just like, how much do you must you love cycling that you're like, yeah, I'm just going to put myself in this extraordinarily large amount of danger as I cycle across the ice. I've done a little bit of snow uh, cycling in snow. Actually, cycling in snow is not a problem. Cycling mm. on ice, yeah, treacherous. Mm. But snow mm-hmm. itself, it's a bit like what Dilly was saying. You know, when yeah. you actually, when it's cold and there's snow and ice around, you actually walk on the snow because it yeah. gives you that that friction. And it's the same with cycling, actually. You know, it's you look for the snow and you cycle in the snow. It's yeah. where it's clear and, and icy. That's where you're in trouble. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel like it's performative, but that's just me. Um, it's just like, look at me. You, I you just in, hate in cycling. Weathers. You just hate cycling because you associate it with middle class uh, um, excess and and real working people <laughs> don't cycle. That's what you think. Look, I can no, tell no, you when I went to China I, in 19... What, you bloody, Anglicans didn't cycle back, there, back at all? Is that, is that communist China? Yes, that when what? I went to communist China, where the real working people are, <laughs> in 1998, there were a lot more cycles than there were cars, I can tell you then. I would like to ask Reverend Houghton whether there was no cycling in the Anglican family. What did you use? Your horse cart every I, Sunday? I don't, I don't like cycling because for, for childhood trauma, I was um, my bike was stolen right in front of me while I was doing my paper round, which didn't um, sort of... <laughs> That's convenient, me, stealing a bike off the paper round boy. <laughs> I was just, it was horrible. Like, I remember walking, I walked up the path to put my put the, the newspaper in. This guy went, thanks for the bike, got my bike and just sped off. And I was just traumatized by How that. How old were I you? Dev- I was about 11. It was oh. just horrible. Like, it was just like a grown man stealing an 11-year-old's bike. Yeah. It's horrible. And there was just nothing I could do about it. Absolutely nothing. And um, and then that really wasn't the thing that traumatized me. That just uh, that was just very upsetting. The thing that traumatized me was I got hit by three separate cars while riding my bike, which really put me off cycling. Like, just hate it. I hate it so much. On People the same like, oh, you day? Get, you should no, 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 not this time. Okay. Incredibly unlucky. But like just doing a paper <laughs> round. They're like just p- people, people speeding and coming out of blind corners basically, okay. and and then just like I got the amount of times I got knocked off my bike twice in the same. Um, street, just by people speeding. When you initially said three got hit by three cars, I was thinking you'd been hit at the same time at at one time by three cars, and I was trying <laughs> yeah, to think yeah. how could that happen? And it that's amazing. And like, can you draw me a picture? Because that would, or should we get some Matchbox cars out and you could just yeah. you know, show how it actually how it actually happened? Because that sounds yeah. fascinating. Yeah. No, no, sorry, it wasn't sorry, my. My, my traumatic injuries were not caused in such an exciting fashion as you don't. You know, it sounds like you were living <laughs> on the set of something like Peaky Blinders. No, I just lived with absolute arseholes. That was all. And uh, on, a, on, on a streets full of people who did not give a shit about anybody but themselves, which probably explains why I get so hung up about speeding in general. But um, no, I mean, I think more, more than anything, I mean, seriously, if you want to cycle in the snow, more power to you. But at the same time, I just think it's like, death-defying i just feel like it's more dangerous than walking um in a lot of ways 
Um, but but yeah, I mean, I understand. You can't really get between a Dutch person and a bicycle. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, I'm pretty sure that like their streets had grit growing on it or something. And like, here we are. I mean, we have to shovel as we go, you know. That's how it works in Germany. Well, talking about this grit thing, like the obvious solution to a lot of the problems that, that you have with regards to ice is to grit, grit the roads. And part of the thing with grit is it usually comes with some amount of salt. Mm. But around here, certainly around here, salt is a really, it's a big no-no. There's like right. only certain situations because Augsburg has apparently the cleanest water and if not the all of Germany, then the mass, vast majority. Mm. There's, there's like a really old school filtration system that's mm. existed in, in for hundreds of years in, in Augsburg that means that water is really, really clean. And when I say clean, mm. like when it rains, like so usually when it rains, like you could get a glass of rainwater and it would probably be quite murky, mm. right? Like here, you could get a glass of rainwater and it would be like transparent. It's like the cleanest water I've ever seen. Like I walk through puddles and there's no like dirty puddles. There's no muddy puddles. They're just puddles of water. The rain's really like, like it's the water is really pure. It really is. And I think that's to do partially to where we are in proximity to the mountains, but also because of the amount of like processes and, and like it's a UNESCO world heritage site. The, the water system in Augsburg re really famous. And so like, it's pretty, it's pretty solid on that front. Oh, I'm sorry. I thought I thought this was a joke. Like when you said solid, no, like no, the no. Ice. It's like it's it's oh, it's really it's really. We've got very pure ice. Our ice is very pure. But like, I mean, it, it gives you some confidence because you can run around and, and eat and eat and eat snow and not and not concern yourself too much about where that snow has been because it's usually pretty pure. And um, because of that, there's a lot of protections over use of salt because then that obviously goes back into the as the water evaporates and and recycles through through, through uh, naturally. And um, again, you're, you're only allowed in certain situations. And because I live on a street with a vast majority of retired people, uh, I kind of was like, well, I, it's it, yes, yes, I could understand using it would be bad. But in this instance, it might just be the difference between people like having a serious accident and not. Mm. And also the difference between us all having to go back outside and and be cleaning paths. And mm -hmm. so I salted it on Saturday evening and we've had no problems with it since. But this, the use of salt is really restricted and, you, and it has an impact. Mm. So, I mean, as much as I understand it, I think in some certain instances, it might have been beneficial for some people to consider using it. But mm. yeah, uh, you've got to be careful with that. So are you saying they don't salt the roads, Nick? I think they do. They do. Uh, there's more grit to grit than salt, though, in a lot of mm. instances. Interesting, because I think here it's only salt, because I... I see a little bit of grit on the paths, but I on the road itself, it, they've only done some salting by the looks of things. Yeah, I mean, I think most of the time it's this kind of large grain grit that has mm -hmm. like blocks of stone and blocks of, of salt. That's what you get in the grit boxes. But you can buy this kind of, um, these tubs of it. That I, That's what I bought. And just, I didn't use too much of it, just enough to make sure that like steps were clear and the path was clear and and and, and you got to be sparing with it but like um it it did given that this morning there was black ice alerts across bavaria mm. it suggests that they weren't using vast amounts of it so 
So one of the benefits of being snowed in all weekend meant that I got to reacquaint myself with my uh, Christmas baking skills, which are uh, a mixed bag at best. It turns out I am pretty good at making mince pies. I'm pretty terrible at making plätzchen, so making those traditional German biscuits. I'm not a biscuit guy. So, um, but yeah, I got really big into to baking over the weekend to keep myself occupied. And I was thinking as I was making mince pies, how many times I've attempted this before and uh, I've never really got it right, but I seem to have got it right this year. The trick, dear listener, is more butter, always more butter. Um, so uh, I made mince pies and I made um, Bakewell tarts to my own special recipe. And I made some rather depressed looking uh, plätzchen. So um, yeah, I was just wondering if you, either of you had gotten to Christmas baking or not, or whether it's something that you're particularly interested in as uh, December continues. My mother bakes every Christmas like uh, over 20 kilos of uh, Christmas cake, which is like, you know, with all the uh, uh, dried fruit and nuts and, and buckets of brandy in it. And I think that's what you call Christmas pudding, I think. Nick. No, no, no. It's it's same. I mean, it's the same kind of thing that we have in Christmas cake, like a fruit cake, uh-huh. really sort of thick, dense, yeah. very fruit dense. Cake. Yeah, with jam. It's in very it. similar. Yeah. The only difference, I think, is that you bake a Christmas cake and you boil or you pressure cook a Christmas pudding. Okay, then we make the Christmas difference. cake. My mother makes it like twenty kilos, and like all the neighbors get like a big fat cake, and anyone that brings us food on Christmas Day. So uh, she thinks or she hopes that I will carry on this tradition wherever I land. And I haven't been able to do that in Germany yet. But I do roast a very nice chicken. I might. I mean, these are this is like Christmas Day food, though. I haven't. Mm. But Plätzchen and uh, like, you know, with very basic uh, cookie recipe, short crust, short crust, right? It's a short crust. Yeah, yeah. It's the same, the same recipe I used for the uh, mince pie. Mm. pastry mm. was the, the same as the plechian recipe but i was mm. i was funny because i was thinking about asking you about this because in my mind dilly you're more like a a savory gal than you are like a, I am, a maker yeah. of sweets and desserts yeah. i make a mean carrot cake though with with many christmas spices like allspice cinnamon orange zest more orange zest than the recipe calls for and that sort of you know life on the edge sort of thing Two questions. So first of all, Nick, to you, um, did you make your own mincemeat or did you purchase it pre, pre, pre-made from somewhere? Nah, I've, I've given up on trying to make it myself. I'd never really made it before myself anyway. So like making it from scratch, there's certain things you just, I find, you find very difficult to get down here, mm. like candied orange peel and candied stuff Candied like orange that. peel, thank you. Yeah. yeah. You can't really get hold of that. Like there's just bits and bobs to just make it more and more difficult. Suet as mm. well, because like a good probably mm. mince pie is meant to have suet in it. You're not get the only suet I've ever found here was in like horse feed or something like that. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> bird feed, suet in the bird feed. Bird feed, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. probably not going to get it. So now I just ordered two jars off of off the Amazon. Okay, ah. yeah. My um, my wife's planning to make mince pies this weekend, and yeah, she she said the same thing. She says it's just too difficult to get all the individual ingredients here. Um, yeah, maybe you'll find them, but it'll take so much effort to do that. So just yeah, she's ordered some, but um, for the whole time that we've sort of lived in Asia, uh, we've or at least no, I wouldn't say the whole time, but when we've been in the Philippines. 
And in Singapore, where we've had access to the Marks and Spencers mince pies, they've been mm. not a bad substitute. But I don't. I find that the the pastry is not quite right. It's not. It's not the same as my mother's homemade pastry. And so I think, yeah, the mince is very important, but also the pastry has to be just right as well. Um, mm -hmm. Dilly, sorry to bore everyone with all these details, but second question mm. to you was, do you put marzipan icing, like thick marzipan icing, or what's the frost? They call they f they call it frosting in the in the United States, don't they? But but a thick layer mm. of almond and sort of vanilla marzipan on top of your Christmas cake. We do that only if, when it's the wedding cake. Oh, really? In Sri Lanka, yeah. So wedding cake, and and like every person gets a piece. It's Christmas cake with the with the almond or cashew nut topping. Yeah. Or with egg white, and and you have to work with it very fast because it hardens up very yeah, quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've made that for someone's wedding. Okay, I but, hit my but mom. not for Christmas, because to me that that's always not for Christmas. That's always been the the highlight of Christmas, and I would always argue that I deserve the corner piece because, of course, the ratio of of the main cake to the icing is maximized on the corner piece. Yeah, um, that is very I can true. see this yeah. is boring Nick out of his brain at the moment, but he's ill, so I'll let that fly. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. I was just, I was just resting my head. Sorry, sorry. I was, we obviously Simon can see me on the video excuses. chat. I was, I was, I was attempting to get some rest in while I was, I was listening. And <laughs> looks, I'll, 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 is this better for you? <laughs> no, no, it's not working no, either. No, apparently my my sardonic smile doesn't help. So, so. Actually, there's a, there's a supplementary question, um, Mr. Speaker, about um, about the Christmas cake, Dilly, which is that, um, do you feed it? Like, I'm pretty sure my mother used to yes. feed it with like sherry yes. or something every day for like two weeks before before we ate it. So I, I need I, she, my mother feeds it like she makes it. She makes the whole thing like like a month or so ahead, mm. and then every now and then she adds like buckets of brandy to it and she turns it. Yep. Like uh, she like spoons through it, then she closes it and does it again. It's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I have to, I know, I have to say this about my mother. So my mother uh, is from a family uh, um, like uh, that does not drink alcohol, and they frown upon people that drink alcohol. Although they, you know many are adulterous and stuff, but no, alcohol is bad. And not my mother though. <laughs> Just anything you want me to cut out anyway. here, Dilly, just tell me and I'll just cut it all out. Just you tell me. And the thing is, like when it comes to cooking, like, you know, she makes trifle, um, she makes a, a pineapple gato, uh, and she makes Christmas cake and she makes iced coffee and everything has fucking tons of brandy in it or sherry. And she gets like the best brandy and the best sherry that she can. And she uses it in her cooking. I remember like once for Christmas, in Sri Lanka, in the church, like they have this youth sports day on the 31st, not Christmas though, just after Christmas. And one boy, and also related to us, he had to be like towed home because he was 12 and he drank six tall glasses of my mother's iced coffee. The church asked her whether she would be so kind as to make it because her iced coffee is really good. But what the church, also non-alcoholic, did not know is that my, my mother puts like lots of brandy in it. And there was this 12-year-old boy who drank more than he should have. And his father had to take him home. Hey, it's a, it's a good lesson. Your, your, your mother sounds like my kind of people. <laughs> <laughs> 
she'd share in anything that she can yeah it's so funny because you're telling us that story it sounds exactly it's exactly the same process my mum follows for making christmas cake mm -hmm. exactly for down to a tea exactly the same process mm -hmm. um i'll be honest with you i always find we put marzi she puts marzipan on hers marzipan mm -hmm. and and um and icing mm -hmm. and I, I like it and it always tastes like christmas but mm -hmm. my god it's dense <laughs> like yeah, you eat yeah, too yeah, much yeah, of it and yeah. it can it'll sit on you in, in your stomach for a long time um just making you very aware that you've eaten yeah. too much i think i mean you had to pre-order the eggs because i think my mother needs like i don't know i mean i might be exaggerating by like by like maybe five but i think she needs like 40 eggs or something and like kilos of semolina i don't know whether we have the same recipe though i mean I, I feel like semolina and eggs might be. I don't know. I'm um, eggs, eggs probably. Bees, but honey, semolina, I don't know. strawberry jam. Don't is jam in there? I think it's just fruit, various fruit. Isn't it one of those things that it really doesn't matter what you put in? You just throw everything in, and it sort of just as long as the main things are there, you can throw anything else in. I think that's pretty much how it works. I mean, that's 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 how mince basically works as well. It's a similar kind of collection of fruit that you, eggs, fruit, you yeah. sort of. You leave you leave for a significant amount of time before it kind of becomes a um, a saucy mixture. Um, I did have that an interesting interaction with my daughter where I said to her, um, "Oh, we're going to make mince pies," and she was like, "All right." And I was like, "They're really nice. They're dead sweet." And she was like, "Sweet, but like they've got hackfleisch in them." And I was like, "No, <laughs> mince meat's got fruit in it." And she's like, "But mince is meat," and I was like. Yeah, but also sometimes it's fruit. And she just like didn't know what the hell. I, and I gave it to her. I was like, this is a mince pie. Do you want it? And she's like, no, I don't want to eat any meat. <laughs> I still haven't got her to eat one. But she, her new thing is uh, things are either either uh, delicious or not delicious. That's the only the binary that she functions with. And so it's heartbreaking because you give her something and she goes, this is not delicious. <laughs> yeah, like, that's the worst review like ever. A little I, I gave her a mince, yeah, I gave her a mince pie, a little bit of mince pie. And she went, this is not delicious, daddy. And I was like, well, fuck you. Then. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you think you are? Yeah, it's terrible. I wanted to, I mean, this is completely off the topic, but do you swear in front of your children? Like, do you swear with them? All the time, all the time. Oh, then I shouldn't I'm feel really bad. I'm really bad for it. Okay. I don't feel bad then. Like, I, I say fuck with my nephew, and that's the only time he looked up once. <laughs> We've been tight ever since. It's only as funny as until the point where your partner or those responsible, if it's not your child, get really upset about it. Because mm. my wife got really upset. But she taught a shizer before I did, mm. and she was using shizer. But we, we, she's quite good because we had a conversation because she was dropping the F-bomb and just seeing how I'd react and I didn't react. And she said it loud and I was like, you know, do you know what that word means? And she was like, no. And I was like, you probably shouldn't say words you don't know. And that's become like a <laughs> mantra. It's like, I can't say certain words. I can't say that word, daddy, because I don't know what it means. Like, yeah, how it is. So she gets improved. Um, along with the Christmas baking, which was all around a success in my front, I'm sure it'll be the same for you guys when you get around to it, was the decorating. So we got our Christmas tree, luckily, in the nick of time, as it, the snow was pouring down on Friday, me and my daughter went and picked up the Christmas tree from our local 
Christmas tree emporium. Unsurprisingly, given the torrential snow, we were the only people <laughs> to buy a Christmas tree on the 1st of December. Uh, so, uh, yeah, but it was great. I had a great time. We, my daughter chose the tree. Turns out she has the same excellent tree choosing genetics that have uh, served this family well for at least a decade because she chose a, a smaller yet infinitely fantastic tree. Um, so yeah, uh, we, we decorated the tree on Saturday, had a rare old time. Have you guys put your trees up yet? We usually do a tree um, ever since my boyfriend and I got together. But this year it will not serve us because um, I think for Christmas at some point we are going to be in the Netherlands. So it, it's going to be lit up all on its own. So we are not doing that. We might though get a little rosemary bush from the supermarket, like hang little tinsel on it. We um we got a a proper sort of chopped down tree the first winter we were here, which was a real novelty for us coming from twenty plus years living in in Asia, and that was okay. And I mean, the the thing is, there's a, a whole industry set up around Christmas trees here. Not only can you go and buy them, but there are like two or three dates after Christmas when they do a special collection to take them away. So it's all well set up for it. And, and that just wasn't a thing in Asia at all. So we've had a plastic tree for, for many years in Asia and we kept it. And actually for the last two winters, including this winter, we, we just used the plastic one. And my wife and my son put it up on Sunday and decorated it and I've heard that actually Germans often don't decorate until quite much closer to Christmas, and I'm I'm just what what can you tell me about that? Do you know what the what the practice is, what the law is, the regulation? A lot of Germans won't decorate the tree until the twenty fourth, or the, maybe the days just before. But my my um, mother in law doesn't decorate the tree until a week right. before. My 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 mother has a rule about about it. There's a certain amount of days before Christmas that you might get the tree and a certain amount of days. You might only take the tree down after Epiphany, which is the 6th right. of January. Mm. So there's like a, I think it's the week before uh, up until the, and then that stays up until the, after the 6th. Um, but we, because, we, oh, fucking, because I love Christmas, because I'm the Lord of Christmas, I have to have the tree up straight away. And also because um, we waited longer last year because we we're having Christmas here, but we're going away to um, Newcastle for Christmas this year. So we put it up. We always put it up earlier if 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 one one or other of us are going to go away. Um, but I'm kind of it's the first year where I looked at the tree and thought, you know, getting a getting a high end like artificial tree isn't a terrible idea because after a week of being up, less than a week, it begins to look really tired mm, and the trees shabby. don't last very yeah. long and it's not it's not quite started to to droop but because it's in the room it's in the room with the the fire and it's all like my wife has to have everything at 35 degrees otherwise like i can't sit in the living room at the moment it's so hot it's just too hot for me and um uh, it just it just knocks the tree straight away so um they don't last very long um, if they last at all, which is kind of sad, really. It's another more uh, drooping Christmas tree. So I've been thinking about getting a getting an artificial one, actually. One of the most Christmassy places that we've lived in our overseas life um, has been the Philippines, definitely. 
Of course, it's extremely Christian place, as as most people probably know. I was about to say Catholic, probably. Uh, yeah, highly ca- Catholic and 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 otherwise also very Christian. Not exclusively, but but you know, eighty, ninety, or something percent. Um, but they just go Christmas crazy, like just absolutely and seriously, because most of their shopping revolves around large malls, which are sort of havens from the heat, etc. Um, and so people flock to these massive malls and they're all over the place. But the malls and the shops in the malls are doing Christmas by the 1st of September every year. It's just crazy. Everything is decked out in, in Christmas stuff from, from September onwards all the way through. So it's months and months and months of Christmas celebrations, preparations. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I mean, I like I like the different sort of ways of celebrating the different nuances that you see in uh, in, in in different countries, um, and I, I guess German Christmas is kind of the archetype for British Christmas. So there isn't that much variance really, aside from the celebration on the twenty fourth, and and that we've talked about before, and sort sort of minor differences. But most of everything's quite similar. I'd love to go to a place that did it totally differently. Like I've always been, I've I've never liked the idea, but I'd like to experience it once in my life where you have Christmas in, and it's like 40 degrees out, you know, like it's really hot because I've never had that experience before. Like, um, the only thing I remember is the Christmas episode of Neighbours, like the, the, the Australian <laughs> soap opera, which just, it just baffled me every time I watched it because they'd be having like barbecues on the beach and I'm like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on here? It's like totally wild. Uh, and you were talking about having a sports day on the 31st. I was like, yeah, that's not happening in Northern <laughs> Europe, is it really? Uh, certainly not where I am at the moment. But yeah, I've always been sort of interested in in how you navigate uh, Christmas in, in places that, that are really sunny. Also, there's the um, the whole experience, which is not Christian. So we've lived in China and had Christmas and, and Singapore. I mean, the supermarkets open on Christmas Day in Singapore. You... You can go and do everything that you normally do on a, on a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, whatever. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is in, in Singapore. It's Christmas Day. Whereas, of course, Chinese New Year, everything closes down in a really dramatic yeah. way. So it's, it's yeah, it's just swings and roundabouts, different places, cultural practices, etc. I think that's the only thing that I'd find disconcerting because I was the thing that I found weirdest about the 24th in Germany because everything's still open until like midday like you can still go to the christmas markets in the morning on a on a um on the 24th and a lot of shops are still open on the 24th and then everything closes whereas in britain it's like everything's open till five on the 24th and then after five o'clock it's like that kind of build up to christmas and it's like a, a vibe and a, a feeling of, of christmas is about to arrive you don't really have that so much in germany but yeah, I, I do like these different approaches. I think there's something to, in Italy that have something to do with witches. And I know in Spain, at least in Barcelona, they have like an addition to the um, nativity scene where it's 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 a little guy taking a dump um, that sits in every nativity scene. And like it re- meant to, re- I think he's meant to re- represent like work, the working class people. You can look it up. I forget the name of it. But it's this little character you only ever see in Barcelona. Um, I can't, I don't know, and my, my Catalan is not very good. So I'm, I'm going to brutalize this. Sorry, uh, Catalonians. I'm going to attempt to say your, uh, 
your word. I think it's um, Kayenel, Kayenel, Kaneel. Mm-hmm. Um, it's spelled C A G A N E R, and it's this 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 guy. <laughs> it's really weird. He's just taking a dump, <laughs> and he just sits in the nativity scene with all the other characters. You can look him up. You can get really quite stylized ones. So I love that stuff where you just see these funny little like differences. Um, and that's part of why I like living in Germany over this period of time, because you, because you sort of spot these like weird local traditions. Or we're gonna do um, um, it's uh, Nikolaus Tag tomorrow. It's my name day, everyone. Get your presents in. Um, so it's it's Saint Nicholas's day tomorrow, which means Saint Nicholas is gonna be coming to the kindergarten, and my daughter's very excited about that. <laughs> and there's gonna be a Nikolaus Markt mm. opening for a couple of days in the town centre. Which again, um, my my daughter likes the idea of Saint Nicholas giving presents, but every time she's encountered Saint Nicholas in in the wild, she's been quite terrified because it's always it's always some bloke in a fake beard who just looks slightly weird. Very um, She was freaked out. Yeah, she was freaked out by him last year, um, but I will see if it's improved. But uh, yeah, seeing seeing like uh, we've had the discussion about Santa Claus is Saint Nicholas. And that St. Nicholas is Santa Claus, so that there's sort of no confusion because she's getting ahead around Santa Claus and the Christkind and all these mm. other things that we have in Germany. Um, but yeah, I do I do like it. But maybe having shrimps on a barbie in the middle of 35-degree uh, weather, if not warmer, does seem a little bit bizarre. That brings us to the end of the show. I'm off to drink some tea and put some onions in my socks because that's how German healthcare works. If you're enjoying the podcast, why not give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, which only takes a minute and can really help us. You can also rate us on Spotify, so chuck some stars our way there as well. Retweet us, share a link, or post with the hashtag DecadesFromHome, all lowercase, on Twitter. As ever, if you have any questions, feedback, or maybe an article or topic you'd like us to cover, you can tweet Dilly on at Dilly Algema, and you can tweet me at 40% German. You can also get us on decadesfromhome at gmail.com. If you have time, take a look at 40percentgerman.com. Weekly articles are up every Saturday. All I have to say is thanks and bis some next time. Cheers. Cheers.